My name is Milan Mori and welcome to our podcast Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless and determined. We fight for love, profits and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Hello, everybody. This is Warrior Family and I'm Similian Mori. My dear friends, we are all here because we know and believe that it is possible to create and live the life worth living. But in order to do this, we have to do something about it. And my purpose within this show is to bring you guests, their belief system, their habits, their experience that can make your life better and help you to create and live the life worth living. And today I have a special guest. His name is David Gonzalez. David Gonzalez is the founder and chief connection officer of David Gonzalez Agency. He is most often referred to one of the most connected men in digital marketing. For over 10 years, every single month, he has hosted an online millionaire, thought leader, marketer or influencer at his monthly events, Internet Marketing Party. I heard of this attended by between 150 to 1,500 guests. His connections have been responsible for over 20 million in revenue. David went from $130,000 in unsecured personal debt to a path of financial freedom by leveraging the internet and super connector skills. He believes everyone is one connection away from their ideal life. Welcome to my show. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Smilian. Wow. Let's start with this last sentence. Yes. Everybody is just one connection from changing their life. Huh? Well, what do I mean by that? I mean, it, when someone has clarity, mm -hmm. they've got a, a certain level of presence and awareness, and there's a simplicity to what they want then they, it's such a rare thing for people to have that trifecta of being clear mm -hmm. of what they want, having what they want be simple, mm -hmm. and being aware and present. Mm -hmm. And when those three things are there, people resonate with that. People are attracted to that. And... It's been my experience that whenever I get mm -hmm. really clear mm -hmm. on something that is simple and I'm present and aware and I'm focused on that, like people appear. It's, it's like um, when someone just knows, mm -hmm. when someone moves to the other side of the street because they know that person's someone that you should mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. the way the dogs sense fear, they also sense when they start to wag their tail. And so I believe that anything that we want mm -hmm. that's feasible or gettable by a, via connection is like that, that it's that simple. I mean, it's that mm -hmm. you're only one connection away from anything you want as long mm -hmm. as you're clear, present, and it's simple. And what I mean by simple is not necessarily that it's small or insignificant, but if you can say it such that a third or a fifth grader will understand mm -hmm. it, so I met you through Dan Cushell. Yeah. So I was just one connection away from you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited. What is the next connection? <laughs> nice. Yeah, because you never know <clears throat> who somebody know that you know. But well, I feel the same way, Smolian. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. just <laughs> seeing the, the setup you have here and yeah. getting clarity on mm -hmm. the audience. I, I want to bring as much value as mm -hmm. possible and knowing you know seeing your crew members shirts about mm -hmm. you know it's my my family is my business mm -hmm. tells me that you've got an alignment with mm -hmm. some things that i value and mm -hmm. so i it'd be my pleasure to connect you with whoever 
wow. makes sense for thank you very much you to move so, your vision further yeah thank you so <coughs> let, let's then start with the family yeah uh, you were born and raised close to the mexico border yes can you tell something from the childhood something that made you who you are today one thing that made me who I am today is that I didn't understand, I didn't relate to, it made no sense to me what school meant. It just mm -hmm. was a place where my parents took me. And the, I don't really have a lot of memory of going from the point where I was a toddler to the mm -hmm. point where I was in second or third grade. It was just mm -hmm. this perfect transition. And I remember one day when I was about fourth or fifth grade, I, want the, I got sent in for this special test, and I didn't know what was going on. And they were testing me for genius, like they were giving me genius tests. And by that point, I understood what school was and tests were. And I said, why did they do that? And my mom said, well, because you got the second highest grade, a score in the entire <coughs> school district for an achievement test. And I didn't remember taking that test. I didn't remember anything about that. But something between then and when I became an adult happened mm -hmm. that made me forget, made me forget that I was a genius, that I had mm -hmm. something inside of me. And I don't know exactly what that is, but I believe that it was growing, a lot, growing up along the Mexican border. There's a lot of poverty there. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of kids that looked like me, mm -hmm. but they didn't have clothes. And they were begging on the side of the bridge, asking for a penny or trying to sell Mexican gum. And at some point, I knew that I did not want to be like that, but I wanted to be like where I grew up, all the rich people were white. Mm -hmm. All the successful people mm -hmm. were white. All the, and, all, and then once I got to hit puberty, all the pretty girls were white. Were, you know, they weren't black. white. They were whatever color, but yeah. the ones that I liked were more attracted to the boys that looked more European. Mm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so growing up in that place made me feel like it was a place I didn't belong and I wanted to leave. But it also made me realize that that's who I was. And that's something I realized much later, like once I was like 19. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, very uncomfortable time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know if that uh, kind of gives you some, yeah, yeah. some clarity. What about the relationship with your uh, mother and father? My parents were divorced when I was <laughs> six and a half, seven years oh. old, shortly after my younger brother was born. And the best way to describe that is I would go see my father every, every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And he lived about uh, 45 minutes away. And I didn't want to go see him because he lived out in the country and it was boring. And my friends have always been a social person. My friends were in a, mm -hmm. we were in like a cool town and there was always adventures and exciting things to do. And I didn't want to go yeah. to visit my dad. But, uh, and it's something that I probably wouldn't even feel comfortable saying other than my father passed away last year. And so even though I believe in souls and spirits mm -hmm. and things like this to some degree, you know, I feel like. You know, that train has passed, and uh, the point is, is I wouldn't have wanted him to hear that while he was alive, mm -hmm. you know, because he loved me and I loved him, but we just weren't very close, which reflects what happened with him and my mother. My mm -hmm. mother and he were, they never learned how to communicate, and they argued a lot, and my dad fell in love with another woman, and mm -hmm. they divorced, and yeah, so. So how did you feel when they got divorced? When they got divorced was probably one of the most uh, traumatic experiences that I didn't uh, acknowledge at the time. That I've, like, as I've gotten older, I've realized, oh my God, that was like one thing. Uh, my mother asked, my, uh, asked me to go and beg my father to not leave. Mm. And I didn't beg him, but I went, I ran out and I was crying. And I said, Dad, please don't leave. I don't want you to go. No, he said, why? No, I said, I don't want you to go. And he said, son, we can't always have what we want. And I remember when I heard those words, I, I felt like hmm. defeated. I felt like my mother had set me up. I felt confused. I felt angry. I felt scared. I felt all the negative emotions. 
And it wasn't up until like just about a year or two ago that I was listening to the radio and the song mm -hmm. by the Rolling Stones, You Can't Always Have What You Want, came on. And um, I started laughing because I realized I had given so much heaviness and so much weight and mm -hmm. so much importance to that occurrence. And I mean, like, it didn't mean anything. My, my dad wasn't trying to be mean. He, mm -hmm. he was probably hurting and, and so much agony, he didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And for all these years, I've held on to like, my father just flicked me away. Mm -hmm. like, like he didn't listen to, but that was my, I was acting my mother's wishes out. Mm -hmm. Not, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have gone and said, hey yeah, dad, yeah, please yeah. don't go. So that probably gives you some insight. I mean, we, there was definitely some happy times and some great times, yeah, but yeah. you're asking me about some of the, you know. Did you forgive him? I did. Fortunately, I got the opportunity to do so. He lived in South Texas all the way up until la a mm -hmm. year and a half ago. And his health felt, he fell very ill and he moved up to Austin. And I, uh, I had the opportunity to spend some quality time mm -hmm. with him and, and really um, let him know that, you know, I was, I was sorry that we hadn't had a better opportunity to become mm -hmm. closer. And he was not very emotionally available. So, even at this time, that yeah, you're talking about yeah, it was. I think it was partly part of the the era that he was mm -hmm. that he was born and raised in. Mm -hmm. So. So what were the last words that you spoke with him? The La what? last words that you spoke with him? Huh. What were the last words? I never thought about that. I don't know that I know the last words that I spoke with him because our interactions were, it was, he would always say, I love you, mijo, at the end, mm -hmm. and, you know, when we were saying goodbye. So I'm sh I would be very surprised if my last words were, I love you too, Dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and if it wasn't that, it was probably something, um, uh, like, very, like, mm -hmm. all right, we'll see you in 20 minutes, or... I mean, you know, it's great to hanging out or whatever. It was nothing profound or mm -hmm. significant. Although when I did get to the hospital and he had already <clears throat> he had already passed away, one interesting thing is my sister said, "David, we don't know Dad's password," and so he was laying in the hospital bed, and I was like, I grabbed his his hand and it wasn't even cold yet, and I put his thumb down, and it wouldn't work. And I realized that if I had gotten there five minutes, 20 minutes earlier, it might have, you know, it might have worked. And like the moment his heart stopped beating, there was no more. And it was a very poignant moment. And I, that's the moment when I just felt, I actually was more, believe it or not, I was more intrigued by the poignancy of what had just happened, about how his death had become so real through something so unreal <laughs> yeah so like it's a toy it's a you know what i mean it's a technology it's mm -hmm. new it, mm -hmm. you know and death is something that's lived before humans got here you know that's mm -hmm. been around so really uh cheery subjects <laughs> yeah interesting metaphor what about the school system do you do you believe in the traditional school system that you Attending, you have 17 years old daughter. Yes. She's 17. Yeah. So. Well, no, I'm not a big fan of the current educational yeah. system. In fact, uh, we sent our daughter to Montessori school. Yeah. We sent her to a charter school. Then we sent her to an entrepreneurial program that she decided she didn't want to be an entrepreneur. So yeah. now, she, now she's at Austin High, uh -huh. which is a regular Austin Independent yeah, yeah, School yeah. District school. But she wants to, to have that, like, archetypical high school experience with friends and parties and and I've come to the point where I realize that the more that I try to mold her into who I want mm -hmm. her to be the more she resists it and the less that I have success <laughs> so uh, and then I had a very wise friend tell me uh, about two years ago he's like dude once they hit 15 like the mold has set like yeah, yeah. Wake up, wake up, you know, it's... She's uh, not a girl anymore. Yeah, like, just enjoy. She's a good human. 
Like, mm -hmm. he put his hand on my shoulder and mm -hmm. he was like, mm -hmm. you, you've done a good job, let it go. Like, now just enjoy, <laughs> you planted the seeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. In 2017, I gained around 3.2 million followers on social media. I earned more money than ever and got so many new opportunities. If you want to know how you can do that, download my free manual, Social Media Warrior, at www.warriorfamily.com. How long you are married? 20 years. 20 years. We just celebrated our anniversary in June. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Congratulations. Thank you. So, very how much. do you keep your marriage fresh and alive and passionate? Well, there are times when it's fresh and alive and passionate. And there are times when it does feel stagnant or like, you know, if Holly was to be watching this right mm -hmm. now, I, I hope that she wouldn't, you know, I hope she's not going like, what? I don't. Yeah, yeah. But um, we're very open. And I think that's one of the ways to keep mm -hmm. it alive and fresh uh, is that like for our 20th anniversary, one of the activities we did is we made it a point. We were away for almost two weeks and we had nothing to do. I didn't bring my laptop. I, we went to Mexico, so I mm -hmm. had my cell phone off most of the time. And it was just us. And before I went, I did some research on the Google search I did was questions you can ask that you probably don't know about your long-term partner. Like it was like that was some Google search like that. I was basically I, I knew I had seen things like this before, but mm -hmm. we're always so busy. And so every day we would uh, we would have some wine or some tequila or something and just go out fishing, I mean, uh, swimming, or, yeah, and, and yeah. we would ask ourselves these questions. But we couldn't just answer, like, it was like really deep. Deep. And cool and like, and so I think one of the ways is to really be open and vulnerable, mm -hmm. to be curious, mm -hmm. to really wanna know. I don't think many, I think a lot of people don't really care about other people, unfortunately. I'd like to think that they do, but I think a lot of people are zombies that are just kind of in their own, mm -hmm. their own bubble. And I've been guilty of that at times too. So every, I feel like the real magic is when, when you really connect with somebody, it, I mean, at the end of the day, this is going to be something that I don't talk about very much, but I once read something that talked about how there's no way of knowing that this isn't just a big simulation and that like I'm the only one that exists as in like I create like I'm playing a Sims game and none of this exists except mm -hmm. for whatever's creating my consciousness. Everything else is just a simulation or a reflection. And, you know, when I read that and I really meditated on it, it scared the shit out of me because I was like, I don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. It was very, very scary to think of all the existence forever being just me. Like, it's just really, like, it was crushingly scary. And I think that at the end of the day, at the, if you really dig down, you know, when you ask somebody, why do you believe that? Why do you believe? You go six, seven yeah. layers deep yeah. about what, I have a dear friend, a very wise friend um, who for two weeks or two months, I don't remember, mm -hmm. he tracked every single thought that he had and trailed it down to what, where did that thought come from? And Almost every thought came from fear. Mm. Like a, a lot of what we experience on a moment-to-moment -moment basis is just asking myself, am I safe? Am mm -hmm. I safe? At an unconscious level, am I safe right now? And whenever you're, when you're having fun at a party, and, but if the wrong noise happens, mm -hmm. yeah. it doesn't matter who yeah. you like. You know, we're always, there's this. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, why do we not feel safe? Mm -hmm. Well, because... We don't have control, and why? Mm -hmm. Why are we afraid of not having control? Well, because then we might die, and what about happens if we die? Then we might be alone again. Mm -hmm. And so, to me, the magic of con true connection is what is kind of aliveness. Mm -hmm. That's real aliveness. Is if you're a, a, a hundred percent alone, I think it would be difficult to feel truly alive. But I, some people feel alone. Yeah, it's a process, I think. I think being alone is, feeling alone is a process. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing. Like, when I feel alone, I have felt alone in, in, at, at a festival with 60,000 people. Mm -hmm. 
and I have felt alone in bed while I was alone. And I, there's been times when I felt more connected when I was alone than when I was. Mm -hmm. So when I, is that what you mean mm -hmm. too? Like, so it's not probably the absence of the physical person. No, <laughs> no, it's that's what it's I mean. Strange. The connection that get that that is possible to build with another mm -hmm. human is something that has does nothing to do with physical physicality. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it can even transcend death. There's people that I've known that were mm -hmm. that I was very connected to that when they passed, like I still felt connected, or I, you know, didn't sense any difference in the connection. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, completely. Yeah. You mentioned uh, when we were downstairs uh, that today is Friday and you are missing your uh, special date night with your wife. Yeah. So those date nights that you have, they are every week? Yes, it's every Friday. Every Friday. Mm -hmm. So what do you do on this week? Um, week, date, night? Yeah, sure. And, yeah. Um, so Holly's more of an introvert. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, more often than not, we will either go to dinner and then go out for, we, we live near downtown, mm -hmm. so we'll go walk around or... Uh, or sometimes we'll just stay home and have uh, there's a mm -hmm. uh, like Uber for massage. Yeah, we'll order a massage and order we'll order food in and we'll watch Netflix and give or we'll give each other massages and you know just. Since when you practice this? What's Since that? when? Like how many years? Hmm, it's probably been about two to three years now I will say that it hasn't been consistent for two mm -hmm. to three years but it's been inconsistent for at least two to three years we've been more consistent with it over the last year year and a mm -hmm. half yeah who initiated believe it or not uh, an executive assistant of mine yeah his name's Wyo Benavides he's uh, he's he's no longer my mm -hmm. EA he's actually in the film production business mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah he I, I was very disorganized and very I wanted someone who could come in and manage my life and he was a student enough to ask me what mattered to me and what was important to me and and if he was a if he had a magic wand and he could just make something happen what were some of the things that mm -hmm. I would want to make sure were there and I was like oh, I'd want to have a date with Holly on a regular basis I would want to make sure that I never went too long without I never want to run out of contact lenses, like mm -hmm. random shit. It yeah, wasn't even yeah, like yeah. it was all like, you know, grandiose stuff. Because yeah, yeah. there was times when I was like, oh man, I'm out of contact lenses. And like, I have an important thing to be Maybe, at. Yeah. And now I'm like, ah, my eyes yeah. are dried out, you know. <laughs> it's funny, but <laughs> it's true. So then you came up with the idea and she, what, she forced you to do it or put it in the calendar or what? Oh, no, he, uh, he, yeah. he yes, he, yes, yeah, he yeah, put yeah, it in the yeah. calendar. And then I told he he was really cool about it. He said, "Don't tell Holly this was my idea, and don't <laughs> and don't don't." Uh, you she know. will find out now. I know. No, but the thing is, is that it doesn't matter. It technically doesn't matter. No, really. No, no. I mean, and uh, yeah, that's not the kind of relationship we have. Yeah. So man, right. you, cool. you are together in the business. We have run our business together for the last sixteen or seventeen years, mm -hmm. and then about a year and a half ago. I brought on an, a business partner that's mm -hmm. an integrator, mm -hmm. and we fired her because. Uh, well, <laughs> no, no, no. When I say we fired her, she was delighted that we fired her. Mm -hmm. Actually, to be completely like my business partner fired her, but he says we fired her so that yeah, it yeah. sounds. But she was, we say it jokingly because she was thrilled to be fired because she had been working with me as my integrator. And if someone can go from zero to 10 on any thing, She's probably like a six or a seven on integrator, and my and I'm a, like a seven or an eight on visionary. Mm -hmm. So my visionary strength was har higher than her integrator. So we've got along to where we got, but my business partner is a nine on integrator mm -hmm. or a ten. So which test is this? Some oh, it's a there's a there's a book called Rocket Fuel or uh -huh. traction. There are two traction, different books. Yeah, I know traction. Yeah, so they're the concepts mm -hmm. of integrator and uh -huh. visionary are in there. So I don't know that they have a test. Mm -hmm. That was me using a, mm -hmm. like, just 
Mm-hmm. Some people are very strong mm-hmm. and visionary. I know there's visionaries that are way, that are a 10. I'm not yeah, a 10 yeah. on visionary. Mm-hmm. I'm not an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs. <laughs> an organized person. So you need somebody that is taking order in your life and your business that is yeah, unfortunately, managing. Yeah, yeah. And, and less so than before my business partner came Take. along. But, uh, and it took me a lot to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of time of me just saying, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to, like, I did not want to give mm-hmm. control or give the reins mm-hmm. to someone else. It felt like it was a an attack on my masculinity. It felt like it was an attack on my ability to to lead and to like lead and to like just to be the the one. Yeah, the the one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He said you wanted me to go vulnerable, so that's yeah, yeah. something I don't know that I've ever said publicly or out loud. But this is strong statement. Because we are all afraid to give our stuff that we are good at to somebody else to work with. This or to admit that we're not... I never heard about this, like that somebody would say something like this, that I was afraid to lose my masculinity as a leader if I hand my couple of jobs or right. work load to other people. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I felt like I needed to be the leader. Like mm-hmm. the, I basically, when I brought in my business partner, I said, you lead. Like, I'm giving up. Like, I thought I could do this, mm-hmm. but I... And uh, one of the things that makes our partnership so amazing is that he did that so that he could teach me to lead, so that mm-hmm. then he could lead at a more conceptual level. Mm-hmm. And then I could lead at a typical mm-hmm. leader. He's more of an advisor, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So leadership is you doing it. Advising is like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When did you start first business? First business... Hmm. I mean, you could say my first business was in like second or third grade because I would buy like these little... Uh, there's these little like little straws mm-hmm. that they put sugar and sour and like spicy. It's called chilitos. And the, like chilitos. Yeah, it's you pour it like this. It's like a little powder, and it's and I would buy them at a store where not everybody else could have access to them, mm-hmm. and I would sell them to the kids. So, <laughs> how old? Were I don't you know. In then? second grade, that's six years old, six or seven. And when did you start the official business, traditional business? Uh, my first. Would you consider an MLM an official business? Why not? All right. Well, I then. didn't know that, that you started with MLM. Well, I didn't know that either until you said like my official, first official. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> technically speaking. Technically, yeah. Technically speaking, my first, no, I guess, yeah, that would be it. Because uh, I had Did a, you earn some income? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I made a $5,000 check when I was, I think I was 19 years old. Now, mind you, that $5,000 check, a portion of it went to the person that I signed up yeah, under yeah. me. And then there was some of that was like, I had to, like, yeah, I yeah, probably okay. ended up with 1500 after dispersing yeah. it to team and taxes and everything. But for a 19-year-old, it felt kind of good to be getting a $5,000 check. How long did you stay in the MLM business? Mm, I think it was about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good was experience. It, what was my experience? Yeah. I would say that as much as I'm not like a, I'm not very keen on the MLM business model Mm -hmm. anymore. I definitely have an appreciation for how it served as the foundation Mm -hmm. for a lot of what would give me the fuel and the inspiration and Mm -hmm. the, the, the drive to do a lot of what I ended up doing that had nothing to do with MLM. But, um, yeah, there were definitely also some things that I learned from there mm-hmm. that didn't serve me, that I didn't know weren't serving me until later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just having success be more about showing the other people in your downline and the people at the national <laughs> conference than success be about my, the inner game, inner of, game of having personal individual goals Mm -hmm. and having my success be based on activities not on results Mm -hmm. 
And the more that I focus my success on my activities and my awareness and staying in flow, mm -hmm. like sometimes a result of like a goal will happen and it's not as good as the way I felt as I was doing the things to get that mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's been a beautiful road to come to. When did you start with internet marketing business? So internet marketing party is that with 10 years this month and it was an interesting thing because it was mm -hmm. like I would go to uh, I sold a business a brick-and-mortar business mm -hmm. and I had money and I had time and I was gonna go into real estate and I was right before the, the crash yeah, in 2008 yeah. and the next thing you know I was like whoa now what and a friend of mine was selling eight to ten million dollars worth of CDs uh, called the hypnosis network mm -hmm. And I, we had been friends for many years, and I asked him if he would mentor me because I read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, yeah. and I was like, I want to do this thing. And he was not a very patient person, so he said, Let me introduce you to some people on my mastermind. I said, What's a mastermind? I had heard of that through, <laughs> through Napoleon Hill. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he connects me with two guys that are super affiliates, and they've always been affiliates of other people's products, but they're releasing their own product and they're looking for an affiliate mm -hmm. manager. And he introduced me and they picked me to, he said, don't get a job with them. Just do this to get connections and just mm -hmm. to, to learn the industry. And so after we did the launch, I knew everybody, especially being in Austin. Mm -hmm. He had Ryan Dice, Perry Belcher, Mike Dillard, Mike Kimball, who bought like Glazer Kennedy's business back in the day, Stacy Kellums. I mean, it was just Eric Louvier. There was just... Mm -hmm. All these people were multimillionaires from internet marketing, mm -hmm. and they were all based in Austin. And so I just started doing this this meetup thing, and mm -hmm. it kept going and going and going. And that's so how can you help now somebody that is selling? How can you help with your business model to some somebody that is in the educational space? Or well, what our company does, and this will answer that question. Yeah is we, we help people that have digital products, information products, and courses and trainings to be, uh, we, we put them in front of thought leaders and influencers mm -hmm. to be promoted. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we manage all of the, because as you know, how many people call you a day wanting to... To buy a product. Yeah. Nobody. No, 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 no. <laughs> How many people call you a day wanting you to promote their product? Nobody. Really? No. Why not? I don't know. Okay, they, they want to promote seminars and so on. Yeah. Yeah, but not online. It's not so really? common in, uh, in our country and Europe. Interesting. Yeah. Here they, want, they all want to create something unique. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, here in the U.S., Anybody who has a list of over 30, 40,000, once people find that out, they're like, hey, will you promote my thing? Hey, can you sell mm -hmm. my, can you do a webinar for me? And, and then everybody wants, mm -hmm. so we cut through that noise mm -hmm. because of my relationships. Mm -hmm. I won't come to you with something that's not a good fit. Mm -hmm. I just won't because mm -hmm. then you're going to be like, oh, yeah. all that talk about depth it's and relationship is. For my audience, probably. Right. Yeah. And. Now, if somebody was a competitor of yours, I wouldn't bring it to you mm -hmm, either. Mm -hmm. If somebody like, but if I was like, oh my God, there's this cool adventure for f entrepreneur fathers that is a nonprofit and mm -hmm. da da da, and, and it's gonna, it, it happens a lot of times either in Croatia or Slovenia, mm -hmm. and you didn't know about it. Like, I would be thrilled to tell you about that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like anything other than that, I probably wouldn't call you on that. Just, that's how we do things. So can you explain about this affiliate marketing yeah. business? Because people are watching this. Uh -huh. Maybe they don't have idea to create a product, start a business, so they can earn money. Anyway. Right, right. Yeah. So the affiliate model is a performance-based model, whereby normally a, a salesperson would get paid some sort of mm -hmm. hourly or salary plus commissions. As an affiliate, someone would promote a product or a service and they would only be paid if they sell something. Yeah. So the person that owns the product, if I want you to sell this and you don't sell it, I owe you no money. But if you sell it, I now owe you half of this glass of water. 
because the commissions are very high. So it's like 50-50 split. Sometimes. Sometimes it's 30 and 20 uh -huh. if there's a live component. But does that okay. help you understand? Yeah, yeah, that... yeah. And so people that don't have a product can definitely get in, in the affiliate game by promoting other people's other people. prop yeah. products. And, and the ideal is to do it in something that you've researched a lot and you know that there's a market there that you either have access to mm -hmm. a better price or people in that space or that you have access to a lot of traffic mm -hmm. in that space mm -hmm. or the others that you just have a deep interest in it. But too many people go for the deep interest first when they're starting to make money. And that doesn't always work real well because if your deep interest yeah. is something that doesn't have a lot of money associated with it, you're going to spend a lot, you're going to waste a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, it's better to do research. Billy Murphy has a, he's a good friend of mine, he has a, a, post, a blog called Forever Jobless. Mm -hmm. And that would be a good place to go and research and learn about how to do good research on what market to go in before mm -hmm. you ever spend a dollar. Forever Jobless. Great title. <laughs> yeah, he's really. I love that guy. He, uh, if you have more rooms for these, I would love love to introduce you to him. If you, you think it's a good fit, he would bring so much value to your. Now he's not married and doesn't have a family like yet. kids yet. So, yeah. but sometimes it's fine to get other perspective. From, okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Any mistakes that you did in the business that could save somebody millions? Yes. One of them is the one I just said, which is like, don't, you know, a lot of people will tell you to follow. I can't, it's weird for me to say this, but if, if you're trying to make millions, then that is sometimes at odds with following your bliss right out of the gate. Now, if you're trying to follow your bliss, then you can do that and maybe eventually make millions. I'm not saying they're ex mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. But if your goal is to make millions, then following your bliss might not be on the same path out of the gate, you know. So I don't know if that that's one piece. I actually don't know that I want to help people make millions. I would rather help people get in touch with their divine feminine intuition and then follow that with their masculine mm -hmm. even if it's a woman mm. like to because as a man we have a feminine side and mm -hmm. that's where our intuitive sense comes from mm -hmm. and when we listen to that and we're still enough then we'll find something that's more valuable than millions mm -hmm. i don't you know smillion you know i don't know how much your audience values millions but i know a lot of people who have made hundreds of millions of dollars and some of them are happy and some of them aren't. And the ones that are happy are very clear about the fact that it's not the millions that are making them happy. Mm -hmm. That was an inside job. So I think a lot of people who would start out to make millions, they think that mm -hmm. the millions are going to make them happy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, that's probably not a very conventional answer. But I like it. That's how I feel in my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like You mentioned feminine en energy. Yeah. How do you cultivate feminine energy in your, in your life? It's a very rare opportunity to meet a masculine man talking about the feminine energy. I've never thought about how I cultivate it, but now that you're asking me, I can, you know, assess it. Mm -hmm. um, interestingly enough, one of the things that's coming to mind, and I didn't know this until you asked me, mm -hmm. was curbing masturbation. I don't know if that, you know, like, I don't know how open your mm -hmm. audience is, but like, I've noticed that the more that I treat sexuality with and how mm -hmm. I release that way, like with respect and with honor and with purpose, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of, you know, older schools of thought that have said that your power comes from not ejaculating. Mm -hmm. You can even have an orgasm without ejaculating. Yeah. But, and that's, that's often associated with masculine and mm -hmm. like strength and creation. But if you think about it, women create. You're, the creative is with the woman. And I never thought about that because I have actually mm -hmm. heard that it was either Muhammad Ali or Miles Davis 
would go like no any when they were going to have a big fight or a big performance they wouldn't ejaculate for mm -hmm. like six weeks before mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. to cultivate that sexual energy mm -hmm. napoleon hill talks about it yeah. as well yeah. i think sexual energy is not feminine or masculine i think you can choose it to be this is weird like i mm -hmm. don't the uh, the word education comes from the the word educe and to educe means to draw forth mm -hmm. which is interesting because we're think we're used to thinking of education as yeah giving yeah but to a, a good educator will educe will pull forth which is interesting because it means mm -hmm. we already have everything inside inside of us mm -hmm. so you're educing from me something that I didn't even know so mm -hmm. I don't know that that's how I do it, but that's what's coming up for me. Mm -hmm. That plus being aware to what is needed at the moment. It's interesting that we were having this conversation mm -hmm. because my brother went through a through a period of of addiction where I did a an intervention, and me and one of our best friends, mutual best friends, mm -hmm. did an intervention and. We, he went through a treatment program and now he's going on in November will be three years complete sobriety mm -hmm. and he's doing all the work and he's he loves his new life he does yoga every day pretty much every day he has he works at a recovery center as the head mm -hmm. executive chef and his passions are cooking and music and like yoga now it used to be cooking music and partying or or yeah you know it's always been women but now he's he's more conscientious and he's He's the kind of person you hope that humans will be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He lives by a code of honor mm -hmm. and his mission. And when he's off mission, he will apologize. And he, but like not in a creepy way, mm -hmm. in a very like... Anyway, the reason I bring that up is when he was going through his treatment, when he got released from his treatment program, me and our best friend, his name is Brooke, that went to mm -hmm. go do his intervention, all went out for dinner and we were being very expressive and it was like there was tears and it was not an insignificant thing you know it was very emotional highs and lows and everything in between and i just appreciated them for how deeply mm -hmm. and vulnerably they were sharing and and uh, brooke said yeah dave you've always been more of a feminine man and i remember when i heard that i was like I didn't like it. Like it, like it felt mm -hmm. like a. Mm -hmm. And then over the that was the last year and a half or so. I wonder how much of this is weird. I'm having this like I feel like I'm in a therapy session. But uh, <laughs> uh, my father passed away about you know a year and a half mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you know, being a Mexican man, like there's this like you know yeah. no emotion and machismo and stuff and. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think I have a natural affinity towards, let's put it this way. Mm -hmm. I've never said this publicly. I've said it privately with people. Yeah. But my wife is, uh, usually you think of when a man gets home from work, the wife says, you know, hey, honey, how was your day? And the, the husband's like, good. Good. And the wife's <laughs> like, well, what else, you know? I'm usually the person that if I ask my wife, hey, babe, how was work today or how was your day? She'll be like, oh, it was good. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, well, tell me more. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm more on the yin and the yang. Like, yeah. I feel I've always been more on, like, more of the, the female in our relationship. <laughs> and she'll, like, she doesn't like to shop. But I like, I like, <laughs> I like the shop? clothes that she wears that she always gets compliments on. It's like, yeah, Dave bought it for me. I mean, she likes to shop a little bit. Really? Like, and I don't like to shop, like, all day. Like, but, like, I don't mind shopping, you know. And I've, I've said, like, you know, sometimes I, I and... She's into horses, like yeah. so she's an equestrian. So she's like out there with these, you know, she's more of like, you know, her dad was a, a lived on a farm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like she's more of like a, like country strong, you yeah, know? Yeah. So anyway, it's just kind of, kind of weird. I, I don't know how your audience is going to think about this, but. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I just care that they hear the honest answers. Cool. Yeah. So what do you think it's more common? Men with feminine energy or a woman with a masculine energy? I see many women with masculine energy. Yeah, I energy. think it's way more common for her to see a woman with masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You think it's a problem? I think that there is a problem anytime that 
things are not properly identified because mm-hmm. uh, there's misalignment. Now, what I mean, I want to be real clear when I say mm-hmm. that, like, there was a problem before my business partner came into my life and my organization where I was too aligned with the feminine qualities that I didn't know. As a mm-hmm. connector, I was always trying to people please. I was always mm-hmm. trying to make people happy, happy. And, and connect and support. And I wasn't taking care of me. I wasn't taking care of my family as a strong, virile, like mm-hmm. fucking warrior. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and my business partner came in and, and helped me see that very clearly. Because mm-hmm. I was avoiding... Remember when I told you that I conveniently didn't notice and it came out l- later mm-hmm. that I was not wanting to be like those begging kids. I decided I was not like them. On some level, I did not like what mm-hmm. I saw there, but unconsciously I knew that I was... Mm-hmm. The only difference had been like being one sperm club. Like I was part of the... Compared to them, I was part of the lucky sperm club, right? As opposed to being like you know the son of like a king or a or a billionaire right mm-hmm. like in that comparison way and i chose that i didn't i was not going to be like them and i generalized that to everything mm-hmm. and so i think the answer to your question about whether or not it's a problem for a woman to have too much masculine energy depends on what is she out to accomplish if she is the leader of a multinational global organization that re- she feels that the only way she can lead is to be very, mm-hmm. t- you know, like, because t- women have testosterone just like men have estrogen. To, be, to have a lot of that, my 17-year-old daughter, if she ever watches this, is going to hate me. She's, like, really into, <laughs> into gender studies and, mm-hmm. and role, gender roles. And, but I just feel like these are... These are things you can see in animals. There's mm-hmm. masculine and feminine. There's, I like they, it transcends human, humans. So I don't know that it's a problem. I think it's only a problem with anything where if something's misappropriated, mm-hmm. if somebody is trying to be feminine, but they're more masculine, then mm-hmm. that's gonna, mm-hmm. it's like having your steering wheel not work all the way. Mm-hmm. Like you think you're going this way, but it's going that way. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? A lot. It's a huge topic right now out there. Yeah. This masculine energy, feminine energy. Yeah. It's interesting too because I'm a huge... One of the most powerful movies I ever saw was The mm-hmm. Matrix. Yeah. I think it's the case for a lot of people. And I didn't know until recently that Sense8, the movie Sense8, the, the mm-hmm. Netflix uh, show, was produced also by the Wachowskis. And I thought it was the Wachowski brothers because I'd always heard they were brothers. And I hope I'm not spoiling anything here, but turns out that they're the Wachowski sisters now. And I loved that show. I loved that movie. And then when I told a friend of mine, that someone that told me mm-hmm. that they were sisters now, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, I feel like so good about this because I've always mm-hmm. had this shame around having so much femininity to me being a man like I don't feel that like I'm transgendered or that I'm a, a woman that is a, but I've always felt like I wish I was more masculine I wish I was more masculine and when I found out that like when I my buddy was like you should go see Lana's speech at the human oh, it's HRC the human something center human resource center mm-hmm. human human and she, man, that speech she gives on human personal liberty. Have you ever seen it? No. It's amazing. Well, anyway, the Wachowski siblings, the Wachowski sisters, yeah. made so much of, some of the most amazing art in visual form. And to like, it's exciting to me that like we know you because what I'm really waking up to is that there's no. Masculine isn't right. Feminine isn't right. It's what are you doing? Yeah. What are you like? What are you working on? If you're working on something that requires a lot of discipline, force, then you do. I mean, but like consistency, uh, nurturing, mm-hmm. uh, support. That's more feminine. And there's times when the most, the strongest leader mm-hmm. can show the most strength with tears. Hmm. Interesting. So, Interesting. 
Warrior Productivity Strategies is a free ebook you can download at www.warriorfamily.com. It will help you be productive, focused, and motivated. You will achieve great success in a short amount of time. Any hacks that you have as a business owner, mm. like productivity hacks? I have so many. Time I have management. so many because every month I host a, a mastermind with our guest speaker and I, I ask them what their biggest challenge is or their biggest bottleneck and then I curate eight to ten of the most experienced people. So mm -hmm. sometimes I have people in this room that have sold hundreds of millions of products and have you know hundreds of employees and billions in revenue mm -hmm. and I get to hear the best of the best of what they share. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard one. I mean, I almost feel like I could do one for every layer of business mm -hmm. from zero to 100,000. Mm -hmm. that, that alone is kind of a hack, is recognizing that there's four or five different layers of, uh, like if you were to take a core sample mm -hmm. of the earth, of strata mm -hmm. of business, mm -hmm. and from zero to 100,000 is a strata that exists for a certain, that the behaviors and the activities mm -hmm. that you do here are very different than the ones you need to focus to go from a hundred thousand to a million mm -hmm. and from one million to five million and from five and this isn't my idea mm -hmm. but if I had learned that sooner because then a lot of people are busy paying attention to what Elon Musk is doing yeah. or what Gary Vaynerchuk is saying and it's like at a principle level that stuff can matter but if you're paying attention if you're taking business advice from someone who's running a hundred million dollars mm -hmm. and they're talking to a group of their peers, don't, that's the wrong, like Kiyosaki said it, like mm -hmm. if you're, um, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you shouldn't be trying to get uh, tax advice from, from a billionaire's tax advisor. They're not going to have the same. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's not really a hack as much as like a foundational, mm -hmm. like where are you in your business, in your business and yeah. pay attention to the people that are the most, that are doing the best work at your strata of business. Mm -hmm. Develop relationships with them, like meaningful relationships where it wouldn't be weird if they invited you to their home for their birthday or for uh, Christmas if they knew that you were alone, where they felt safe calling you if they really were afraid or needed help. Mm -hmm. um, build that level of relationship with the people in your industry at your strata that are the doing the best work mm -hmm. and ideally the best is when you can find someone who's doing comp something complementary to what you're doing so you're not mm -hmm. competitive mm -hmm. and one of the ways to build that connection is to identify what really drives them well like mm -hmm. what what makes their their heart sing like what makes them feel like alive time disappears mm -hmm. and join them in that that type mm -hmm. of hobbies or passion interests and whatnot mm -hmm. and that's one really easy way to build relationship. I mean, because the relationships are, you can argue that all business is, is really trust. Because in order for business to happen, there has to be an exchange, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And it, remind, it reminds me of when I, when I, was, I bought my wife's wedding ring, uh, her engagement ring. I was in San Francisco at the Diamond uh, Mall. Mm -hmm. There's an entire like Walmart supercenter sized, like a shopping mall of, of independent diamond people. And I finally just decided and picked one person to talk to and I said, dude, I just started shopping for diamonds like two weeks ago. I, how do I know this is a real diamond? You know, and I get home like, and he goes, look, I understand. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to have this conversation with me or with that guy or with that guy. And at some point, you're just going to have to trust. I mean, here's the certificate. I can mm -hmm. bring that like. If you want to, like, I'm happy to go through whatever thing, but, like, I've been in business for 15 years. Here's all my, like, and that's what business is, right? Like, you trusted Dan Cushell when yeah, he said, yeah. I think you should have yeah, Dave on yeah. here. Now, hopefully, you're not mad that's at Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, thanks God you are meditating. <laughs> so, yeah. What is harder or easier, start a business or grow a business? Ooh. That's an easy answer. Starting a business is harder if you're a grower, and uh, growing a business is harder if you're a starter. Not, mm. I'm not trying, wow. like that you saw, but remember I told you I do these masterminds every month? So I know people that have, I, my friend Michael Lovich that introduced me to the, the Hypnosis Network guy, yeah. 
he has now started three or four eight-figure businesses and he is very self-aware and he knows I hate the boring part of the business. He likes the excitement, the dream. He likes to start things. Oh, something new. The moment that he gets a board of advisors and investors start getting interested and it's at like literally doing 30, 40 million and there's like all they're doing is paid traffic and tweaks yeah. to traffic and he's boring. like, Give me, yeah. like, I can't do it. He's like, Michael's really big on the idea of like, we all got stuck at a certain age. Mm -hmm. He says for him it's 12. I think for me it's about, yeah, 13, 14. What would you say it's for you? Like, at some level, whenever you relax and chill out, you go back to being what? Like, probably around 17. 17? Yeah. All right. All right. So, that would old, be me. Yeah, yeah, that, and that it, it's <laughs> reflective. Interesting reflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, the point is, uh, he's a starter, and for him, it would be harder to grow. It's hard to grow a mm -hmm. business beyond twenty or thirty. Now, if you want to go from zero, like if you want to say growing it from a million yeah, yeah. to twenty million or something, he likes that, but not as much as he likes getting it getting going. Up. My business partner, on the other hand, has learned that he yeah, is yeah, a yeah. that he's a star yeah. that he's a a grower mm -hmm. um, because he saw something in me that made him want to partner with me but then it took him a lot longer than he anticipated to get us where we mm -hmm. wanted because we were starting I had all my shit was messed up I was mm -hmm. very disorganized I had no systems. he assumed I had systems he assumed because I was running internet marketing party for all that you have systems in place and I was just like yeah, juggling yeah, it all yeah. and like just people pleasing everywhere people didn't want to be mean to me because I was such a nice guy and stuff and so that was a hard like to go from like so much feminine, so much people pleasing, so much just like, oh. Juggling with everything. And being in my own world of what's reality. Like I've moved much more into, here's reality, here's my perception. Mm -hmm. It's still like this, but before it was like, here's reality and here's my perception. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. Big one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Any books that you could recommend? To, Depends on what to, the like, what's like the, business books, business and then books? and personal okay, development. Okay, so business <clears throat> books for depending on if it's more of a getting started crew, the E Myth. Oh, another one for anyone doing stuff online would be zero to a hundred million and no, no, Ready Fire Aim. Ready Fire Aim. Yeah, yeah. by who wrote uh, that book? Mark Ford or Michael Masterson? Like yes. he has a pen name, and I, God, I hope you edit this part out. Like. I just forget which is his real name. One of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's the founder of Agora, yeah, yeah. the Agora companies. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that's the prince. That's where I got the zero to 100,000, 100,000. Now, that's mm -hmm. not, I've heard that in other mm -hmm. places. Okay. But I've heard, like, if I wish I had read that book when I got started. I really do. Yeah. I really do. Like, because that will help you. Yeah, it, it's a good. Anybody that wants to be at least a hundred million dollar company, read that book. Can you say the title again? Ready, ready fire, fire, aim. aim. As in, no, normally you go ready, aim, fire, yeah, and yeah, it's ready, ready fire. fire, aim. Aim. Yeah. What about personal development book? Personal development books, I would say, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anything else needs to be said about that. I mean, not that that's the only book, yeah. but I think that if I had really grasped that book and really put those practices into play, I would have had success a lot more, a lot more quickly. Why? Why? Yeah. Because I would have realized that it's, life is nothing more than moments. Hmm. Like literally. If you stop right now, if you're watching this and just... Let your eyes soften to the mm -hmm. point where you can like wriggle your fingers like this. And you, you're not looking at me on the screen. You're looking, you can see the color of the walls. You can see mm -hmm. where the lights are in the room. And you can hear, uh, as you continue to see the different shapes and colors and mm -hmm. movement in the room, you can hear my voice. And there's probably other things you can hear in the room, like air conditioning mm -hmm. vent and some, and, and Smillian saying, mm. And maybe you can even hear where your clothes is rubbing up against. And then you start to feel your body, like where if you're sitting down, where your butt's touching the seat, mm -hmm. and maybe some wind, and you're still seeing the things and hearing the things. And when you really get present to just your experience, and maybe you can hear the sound of, like the subtlest mm -hmm. of things in that moment, in that present moment, there are no problems. There's no hope. There's no fear. There just, it's just like, just experience and you hear birds 
and you're not like, oh, look at the sound of the beautiful birds. You just, you just hear the birds. And this might sound weird, but like I did this every hour on the hour. I set it on my timer to, to tell me to get present. And you know, we're all like, zzz, zzz, and I made it, made me think that it was a text message. So I was like, zzz, get present. Hmm. And I would do what I just showed you. And then an hour later, with um, zzz, again, zzz, oh, oh, get hmm. present. And I committed, I promised myself at a deep level mm -hmm. that no matter what, I was going to do that. And I mm. did it for almost three months. And one day, it was my wife's birthday party. And a friend of ours came over, or a bunch of friends, and one of our friends, who we like to drink, um, he said, hey, Dave, can I get, I'm going to go get a beer. Where's yours? And I was like, ah, I'm not drink, drink, I'm not it didn't occur to me that I wasn't drinking. And uh, later, there, were, like, we went some other place and there was some people smoking weed and I've been known to do that. And I was like, I don't want that either. And like, it like, didn't matter. Like, and it wasn't from a place of judgment. And it wasn't, I realized that if I drank or tried to get high, it would bring mm -hmm. me down from where I was. Mm. And it made me realize that a lot of times when I'm not present and I don't present myself on a regular basis, it's like a wind-up clock, that, like us, yeah, yeah. and it keeps, it keeps getting tighter. And then so at the end of the day, oh, I'm gonna have a drink. Oh. And then it unwinds. Think about it, people even say, I'm gonna unwind, right? And it hit me like, oh my God, I, Everything that I've been working towards, I was making the future more important than the now. Mm -hmm. And or I was regretting something that I didn't do in the past. And when I got really, really present, very consistently, mm -hmm. very consistently, very consistently, I actually went through this phase where I lost motivation to do much of anything. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, I don't really need to do anything. Like, there's nowhere to go, nothing to do, nothing to be. Like when people would talk, like talk about, oh, I made this many millions, I'd be like, cool. Like I would get happy, but I would realize, oh, I'd get present and I'd be like, oh, it's just another moment of me being happy. And then I'd get mm -hmm. down and I'd be like, oh, wow, I'm present. This is going to, when I'm in the moment very consistently, I'm very clear that every moment, no matter how good or how bad, it's going to pass. It's because they all, they always do. Like they always mm. do. And so that's the power of now is all about how to do that very systematically so you might get to a phase where you might not want to be successful or whatever but it'll pass because then you realize well like i want to do something with my life mm -hmm. like i don't want to just be present like i want to be present and do things with my life and be present and do and that's mm -hmm. where i find that flow and the more that i find that flow mm -hmm. the more that i just Realize this is what people want. Like that's mm -hmm. what I'll, like we want to feel alive. Mm -hmm. That's why people do drugs. Hmm. That's why people have sex. When you have really good sex, you don't. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. When you really connect with your beloved, like you lose yourself, she loses herself. Mm -hmm. There's this, mm -hmm. and we, that's that circles us back to earlier of like, I don't want to be like if you really deep down like mm -hmm. no one of us want to be alone. So the more that I uh, am present, the more that whenever I'm with someone, mm -hmm. I'm present with them as well. Great, I can feel that. I can feel that. Wow, that was powerful. Don't make your future more important than present. And that's that's a that's a uh, that's a uh, Eckhart Tolle thingy. You know, mm -hmm. like that's where I learned that from. So it's not like you know we should be like, oh yeah, I'm the guru. Yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah, we have to be reminded. Mm -hmm. every day yeah yeah that's that's what i think amazing partners amazing friends amazing humans remind us of the very basic simple mm. things we forget. but they have the voice so that we hear it so that mm -hmm. we experience it mm -hmm. so wow last question yeah I call it power message or last message. Mm. Just pretend that you have only five seconds to live. What message would you send to your daughter that she would remember to the rest of her life? 
something that would inspire her. Is my five seconds ticking or? Wow, <laughs> ah, you really got me with that one. It's funny because I knew what I was going to say for the general public, but when you may have brought it to my daughter. It would be follow your aliveness. Follow your aliveness. Yeah. Like where there's aliveness, mm -hmm. like follow that path. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you on my show. So guys, don't make your future more important than present and follow your aliveness and watch the next show. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies, confidence boosters and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smillion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smillion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smillion Mori, and LinkedIn, Smillion Mori.